gonna rock this shit. Gonna scream my name. Make you shout now, honey. Gonna make you shout. Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Brad Guitar Wilson. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. It's awful out in winter, would bring you down forever. You rode upon a steamer to the violence of the sun. Get in. 
for fishes Run laughing through your fingers Want to take her with you To the heartland of the winter
play the blues for you. And that was Brad Guitar Wilson from his brand new release. And we got Brad on the line. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Fantastic. Welcome, everyone. Now, now this is the first time you've come on our show, and we always like to give our fans an opportunity to really get to know an artist. And the best way to do that is to look at their journey, where they came from. So give us the story of Brad the Guitar Wilson. Started out in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, was lucky enough to uh, be taking guitar lessons by um, 12, 13, uh, right around the eighth grade, freshman in high school. Um, was thrilled to uh, see all the great concerts in San Francisco put on by Bill Graham, and it just inspired me to um, stick with guitar, play it as much as I could, and as soon as I got out of, uh, graduated from high school, I went into San Francisco, got into a, my first pro band, and have been playing music nonstop ever since. From San Francisco, went to Los Angeles and got involved with the recording scene there, and um, really just dedicated my life to music and guitar. Okay. Now, you know, um, every every uh, artist comes up to that moment in their life where they had to make choices, whether it was be an accountant or follow music as a career choice. What was that moment for you where you knew that music was a path that you'd like to follow? I knew that very early on. I was uh, seeing such incredible artists from... Uh, Chuck Berry to Eric Clapton to Stevie Ray Vaughan to the list goes on on Gary Moore just these incredible guitar players uh, and uh, every chance I got in uh, especially in high school I would go to the concerts and so I knew very early on in my life that uh, I wanted to be a musician and pursued it uh, without any doubt that uh, that would be uh, the life for me, I understand that it's a difficult life and it has had its uh, ups and downs, but I never really ever thought that uh, being anything other than a uh, musician and a guitar player, because everyone that I listened to in music, uh, from Joni Mitchell to B.B. King, I just thought what they were doing was um, so artistic and fantastic that i just wanted to be a part of of what they were doing okay well let's talk about this new release um when you were uh putting this out what was your goal for this what were you looking to achieve i'm primarily uh i primarily play uh music live every weekend from uh clubs to events to festivals so i'm I'm on stage a lot. I'm interacting with people. And uh, so I wanted to have not only the songs that I could perform live and that I was performing live on a record as a something that people could take home with them to their house and enjoy in their car or whenever they wanted to listen to music. And uh, so, you know, I was... So I made CDs to sell at the shows, like most artists. But it also I have digital downloads at all the music stores, so people worldwide could access uh, my songs. But I'm, I'm primarily I do live shows all the time, every week, and um, 
the tone of the guitar is important to me and so going into the studio and making this record it was about creating more of a uh, duplication of what i do in live at shows okay now let's talk a little bit about you as a songwriter because of course every release you need great songs um when you sit down to begin that process of writing what do you do that allows you to tap into your muse I um, I have an acoustic guitar or a guitar in pretty much almost all the rooms in my house. So um, I things come to me in fragments, and um, so then I'll start to um, work on something, and I might make a note about it. Usually, if something's really good, it sticks with me. But I do take some notes on on fragments of music, and then um, I'm looking for inspiration. Uh, a lot of times I enjoy the beauty of uh, the California coast, especially the central coast. And um, so I find that um, things start for me on an acoustic guitar usually. And I'll take the acoustic guitar and a pen and paper and start making notes and pulling together portions of the song. And then a lot of times... In my day-to-day life, certain sentences will stand out that will be, I think, that are just just one really great lyric. And But predominantly, my songs are written about love and romance and the relationship between two people because it can get pretty complex. And I find the different aspects of being in love and being in a relationship really lots of great material to write a song so for me it's probably going to start out on the acoustic guitar the music just comes to me in terms of the melody and then i pursue a feeling and try to put it into music okay well let's talk a little bit about because you know i find lyrics and melody are really kind of two different functions of the brain lyrics are very structured you have a story continuity uh, rhyme meter but yet um, melody's a little different. Some songwriters like to work off just the groove, allow the melody to free form. Others look at the lyric and allow the cadence of the lyric to kind of dictate where that melody should go. What do you do to kind of find your melodies? My melodies are, uh, well, I'm a singer uh, as well as a guitarist. And so I'm constantly, you know, singing for every week at the shows. So my voice is in pretty good shape, which is important to be in shape physically with your voice so that you can go to the, get to the notes that you're thinking about. So you really got to sing a lot uh, to, to be able to expand on a good melody. You really got to keep your vocal cords in shape and do it all the time uh, in order to have a melody that's kind of more advanced. Uh, so, but for me, I, um, I tend to have uh, a vision in my mind, a picture or a scene or a setting uh, for lack of any other words. It might be, it look, might look like a, a scene from my life, uh, you know, in my mind. And then, um, 
I start to translate that into just a very organic start singing about the way I feel. So it could be um, something that was very sad or very happy or something that is um, I can see clearly in my mind. But usually um, I'm drawing on how I feel and then I'm letting my you know, my just my ideas just start to expand. I will say that a lot of times I have an acoustic guitar, and so if I'm having, I'm in a certain key or certain minor or major chord as a root note or a beginning, and then letting the melody just kind of develop from there. Okay. Now, every songwriter, you know, songwriters today, rather, have... Um, Embrace technology as part of their toolkit, whether it's their cell phone to capture ideas or home recording studio. What are some of the tools in your toolkit that you find are indispensable when you sit down to write? Well, um, I understand that various things like a drum machine or a a really good Pro Tools setup in your home could be very valuable. I'm kind of a little bit more organic in the sense that if the song does, if I can't really translate the song on an acoustic guitar with a voice just sitting down and singing the song for you, then it's probably not going to be the song for me. But I understand certain grooves and beats are really important to me a lot of times especially the live shows it's about the groove uh the groove rules so um i may hear a groove on a record that i think is pretty cool and so i'm thinking wow that groove i'm not using that beat that groove uh, that style and i think man i gotta write something that i can incorporate that groove into my show so so the groove is uh, probably a big part of it. I don't necessarily have a drum machine, so I'm probably say I would listen to something that I heard. Uh, like if I'm hearing a radio show and I hear a group that's knocking out a cool groove, and I go, "Wow, I gotta, I gotta use that groove. It's so cool." So, so I don't have necessary tools other than listening to radio and artists and what they're doing. Um, but then, you know, I may use my phone on the record aspect of it and just record something quickly and then play it back later and go wow you know i'm so glad i had my phone to record that idea while i was thinking about it and so i probably have used my apple iphone as a tape recorder more than i would use a pro tool system in my house which is kind of a lot of work when the idea comes to you so quickly you really want to put it down quickly onto something either paper or some form of recording it because the ideas will just come flying through you like a filter and then you need to capture those ideas you may not even that idea may not come back to you or you may hear it recorded a week or two later and go wow i just i had forgotten about that i'm so glad i recorded it so Again, organic for me, I could just take an acoustic guitar and sit down outside and write the whole song with a pen and paper and not use too much technology uh, 
other than my my cell phone. Okay. Now, you know, um, a lot of songwriters get tripped up by that one moment where you need to put the pen down, where you need to stop the writing process, allow the other musicians to kind of put their fingerprints on it, the producer. Um, what do you do to determine when a song is ready to give to the band and bring into the studio? Well, I... Uh I produce, I don't engineer, but I produce all my own records and make the decisions, which can be um, pretty pretty daunting when everybody in the room looks at you and says, is that the take? Is that the keeper? Is that what you're going for the lead vocal track? Is that what you want for the solo? And so I'm making all those decisions based on my gut feeling as what's right for me. Uh, the songs can come as far as the band goes i may try something out that's still in its raw form on the band if the time is right uh, there may not be a lot of people there or it's a sound check or something i say you know what we're let me just lay down this groove and see how the musicians react to it again the bass and the drums and the groove especially the drum groove is like really essential as to where the song is going um, the groove is king, and so uh, so I I spend a lo sometimes a long, long, long time on the song. I'll record it, overdub on it, listen to it, mix it, and still go back and working on it again. So songs take a long, long time, and a lot of times when I play them live, they kind of go through a arc of shape where they start out at sounding like this and then after you play them in front of the crowd over and over and over they seem to take their own form based on the environment which is the audience dancing the band playing them you and the myself kind of bending and shaping the words into what they are so typically for me songs take a long long time and then once they're right i i I play them thousands of times at the shows night after night. And they're kind of like forever songs that will always be in my shows, but songs take a long, long time. And they tend to have an arc of from when they begin to when they end up finalized either on the record or at the show. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about that process of going into the studio. Um, you had mentioned that you produce your own stuff and, um, what it, what is kind of your process when you get into that environment that allows you to kind of capture the sound you're looking for? Well, I'm uh, usually starting with a basic track, guitar, bass, and drums. Um, it has to be recorded good, so I do spend some time on, even if I'm just messing around on the drums, the bass, guitar, so tone is really important, whether it be the whatever I'm recording, the tone of it has to be inspiring, especially the guitar tone. And the process is to, if it isn't happening on the basic track from the very get-go, then I'm not going to go any farther. So if it's usually at the trio, I'm tracking uh, the songs and they sound really good even before I start doing anything. So if it doesn't really sound good to me, then I'm not going to go 
any farther if the foundation is not right. That being said, I have I I play a lot of acoustic guitar, so I can go in with an acoustic guitar and a click track and get a really good idea of where the song's going. But for the most part, I don't really I'm I'm kind of a type of person that if it's not happening I delete it or erase it and I'm only focusing on the good stuff. Okay. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about the lineup. Who's playing on it? Well, I uh, I have a variety of musicians that I work with. I don't have one band that I tour with. I So a lot of times, as a songwriter and a record maker, I bring in the musicians that I think are best for that particular song. The the musicians tend to be specialists in terms of like whether one's a dance funk drummer or one's a real cool shuffle drummer or whether one's a drummer's a rock drummer. So I'm going to bring in the specialists. My albums have multiple musicians on them. The song dictates who's going to be at the recording session based on their specialty. The musicians, as they get really good, tend to gravitate towards styles that they can really be super at. So if I'm doing a something that I think is really funky, like uh, Hang With The Bang, then I'm going to bring in uh, the musicians that really, really go with that s- sound. On Hang With The Bang, it's a big, really big dance track on, on my record. Uh, then if I'm going to go with a swing and shuffle and if you're and everything's got to swing with me. I mean, you got to swing it, or it ain't it ain't gonna really go. So, so I'm looking for musicians that swing. And uh, and if I'm gonna do a, a blues shuffle that's up tempo that swings, uh, then I got to get a drummer in there that just can nail that shuffle swing, which is not an easy beat to do. So, I listen to the musicians uh, and I try to understand where their strengths are, and then I hire them based on you know, what is right for the song. And this comes to, in terms of recording is what I'm focusing on right now in uh, recording. Okay. Well, uh, once you get it recorded, of course, you got to get it out the radio, you have to get it out the press, and you're working with Betsy Brown from Blind Raccoon. Uh, tell me a little bit about that relationship. Betsy Brown is an icon in the music industry. Um, she is uh, an incredible person that I've wanted to work with for a really long time. And this album, the Brad Guitar Wilson album, was that opportunity. So I've been waiting to uh, have this moment arrive for a long time because from a distance, I have always admired her work and in this in the radio promotion business there's only a handful of people that the musicians can really for lack of any other words trust it's kind of a uh, you work really hard on a record you put a lot of time and money into it and then you're going to have somebody work with you to present it to the media and and Betsy presents it to all forms of the media worldwide. Uh, 
and she is incredibly easy to communicate with. She is on the job 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and like most musicians are. And um, so this was a this is a really great opportunity for me, and I really think Betsy Brown is going to take the Brad Guitar Wilson album and knock it right out of the park because she is that good. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about the industry. Um, over the last 20 years, we've, we've seen the music industry change dramatically several times over because of the digital revolution. And the consumer has really embraced streaming as a way to consume music. Unfortunately, the byproduct of that is that they no longer look at recorded music as a product to purchase anymore. It is now a service. Um, they don't go out and buy CDs, uh, downloads. You know, nobody wants to store that on their phones and clog it up. So streaming is the way that we have to now deal with as a way to, to um, you know, that the consumer wants to, you know, consume their music. Unfortunately, the revenue stream is not there, but yet you still get, you know, a huge market that you have access to. How has this shift and change by the consumer um, affected you as an artist? Well, I've been in the business a long time and uh, I'm a BMI songwriter and publisher and everything just kind of fell off a cliff with uh, the change in radio CDs and publishing on a worldwide basis. Uh, streaming came in, Apple, Spotify, Pandora took over the market. The record industry really became very, very small. And um, a lot of major artists, that were in the generation ahead of mine just stopped making records altogether. Um, it is a reality that the uh, modern world has changed and that there is very little revenue in streaming, very little revenue in um, making commercial products. The good news is that the blues community has is a very strong community that has bonded together to support their artists and through at festivals and at shows purchase a tremendous amount of merchandise directly from the artist and this has been um the best opportunity for artists like myself to recoup investments on any products that they manufacture, whether primarily music or souvenirs. So the fans, especially the blues fans and the blues rock fans, and I will say my guitar fans that love to see the guitar played, uh, you know, in the style that I do, uh, support the artist. So it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship most of the time. Touring is essential merch sales are essential directly from the artist to the fan streaming uh is a part of the marketing process so that people around the world can find out about what you're doing and 
the streaming people, whether it be Spotify or Apple, keep all the money. And but I understand that they have to. It's a it's expensive to do what they do to set up this kind of a streaming apparatus worldwide. So I think that uh, touring and selling your products at the shows is probably the most lucrative way to recoup any investment on your career. However, um, maybe in the future, streaming will become, uh, there will be some kind of uh, opportunity for these people to pay the artists more money. But uh, streaming right now, to me, and a lot of artists, is merely a marketing tool. Okay. Um, now, since the pandemic, um, a lot of artists have gone on to the Internet and started to utilize social media. Um, they started doing live streaming, creating content. And now that has become really an integral part of marketing for independent artists. Uh, where the brand now has become more the product than actual products now. Um, how have you been negotiating this world of social media and content creation since the pandemic began? Uh, the social media and, the, uh, and, and creating content is essential. Uh, if there was the negative of streaming taking all the royalties away the social media has been the positive because this allows artists like myself to market uh, on a worldwide basis efficiently effectively and to reach people on all all of the continents all the countries all the time they can reach me i can reach them social media is the number one essential tool for music artists today. Number one, it has to be at the highest priority in all of the different platforms. And it is uh, an opportunity to talk to people um, in Australia, Europe, Canada, the United States, have fans worldwide, be able to uh, market. Uh, the, pr the production of content is essential that you produce a large amount of content on a regular basis. So what an artist might do one album uh, every so often, or they might do a video every so often in today's marketplace, the artists are required. If you want to compete is to generate fresh content on a regular basis. So over the course of a year, uh, you might be doing uh, constantly videos, constantly songs, constantly uh, maybe releasing as many records as you possibly can. And to understand that in today's marketplace, that a constant flow of content is essential to it, to your success. Okay. Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there an Indie Blues double shot from your new release. And uh, you guys are going to love this, man. You know what? Turn it up loud. Screw the neighbors. We're going to have some fun tonight.
artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals. 
that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, huh? 